Hello lacrosse friends and welcome once again to Laxbeat. I am Stephen Stamp, your host for the podcast that was formerly Boxlebeat, but we are branching out covering the whole world of lacrosse and today is a great example. Very excited to have Dempsey Arsenault on the show, the star for the Athletes Unlimited Lacrosse League. She is captain for the second time in the three weeks of the league's history. This week, we talk about the draft process as they change up teams every week and lots of other interesting stuff. We talk about the sixes play at the national team training camp for the United States. Lots of cool stuff with a wonderful guest, Dempsey Arsenault. And before we get to that, we've got a little bit of National Lacrosse League news. we got a trade. we got some free agencies starting up. So lots to get to in Laxbeat here on lacrosselink.com. Thanks for being with me. I'm your host, Stephen Stamp. It's great to have you on board for Laxbeat. As promised, we get to some National Lacrosse League news. Free agency opened up. Not a lot happening in the early days, but uh, there was an offer sheet by the Vancouver Warriors on Anthony Kalinic. That was not likely to happen because Panther City had just traded for Kalinic. They sent a first-round pick to the Calgary Roughnecks to get Kalinic and Chad Cummings. And free agency was a big factor there, Mike Board saying in his statement with when the Calgary release came out that uh, they just didn't think they'd be able to sign them both as RFAs. They, uh, they're a cap team, so they would, would have had a tough time doing that. So instead, they get an asset with the first-round pick, number 15 overall. That is the extra pick that Panther City had as an expansion team. They got one at the end of the first and one at the end of the second round. So Panther City gives up that pick, but they still, of course, have first overall. They still have the first pick in the second round, which is now number 17. And they also have a pair of very good defenders in Kalinich and Cummings. And Calgary's going to get themselves a good asset with a pick at 15. But the big signing early in free agency was one that maybe flew a little under the radar. Zach Masson would have been, I think, a top five pick back in the 2017 draft. But he was going off to Alaska Anchorage on a hockey scholarship, so he was not available to play. Toronto still took him in the middle of the second round of that draft, hoping that you know something might work out, or just basically throwing a, throwing a pick at the possibility that they could get him down the road at some point, and that just uh, didn't work out. He spent his two years on the draft list and then had to be released from the roster. Now he's done at Alaska Anchorage and ready to play in the NLL, and the Albany Firewolves are the benefactors, the beneficiaries of him being a free agent. He is a great defensive player. It's been a few years, but he was a two-time Ontario Junior A Defender of the Year. Uh, just a terrific presence on the floor. Gritty, physical, athletic, skilled, really, really top-notch defender. And he is still coming after his four years of college at um, at Alaska Anchorage because he would, did go in the draft at the end of his junior career because he wasn't playing lacrosse in college. So he is actually the same age, the same birth year as Adam Charlambides, uh, who will be a very high pick in the draft this year. So it's not like he's old 
coming into the league. A 25-year-old, he's got lots of time, and he should step in. It's going to be like riding off, riding a bike for Zach Masson and the Firewolves. As I said, the beneficiaries of a great early free agent signing. Stick around. Coming up next is Dempsey Arsenault. Looking forward to having a chat with her here on Laxbeat. Welcome to Laxbeat. Dempsey Arsenault, very excited to have you on the show and looking forward to this conversation. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, now, we actually were going to do this a little bit earlier and then just scheduling things. It, it looked like a bit later would work. And then you got to be a captain again for uh, Athletes Unlimited Lacrosse and the big weekend. So we decided to wait till after the draft and just go through everything that's going on. So there's been a lot happening for you between Athletes Unlimited and the U.S. camp, which was a little while ago now for the Sixes and your, your camps where you're coaching and things. What's, uh, what have you been up to and how, how's that going with that schedule? Yeah, it's been crazy. A lot of lacrosse, but this is what I live for. So I'm absolutely loving it. It's like a dream come true, um, especially being here in Maryland. It was a little bit intimidating at first, thinking that I was going to have to move um, for five weeks. But being here and being around some of the best players and people, I'm um, having an absolute blast. So it's been a lot of fun. Nice. And basically, you guys are bubbled in, in Boyd's, right? So that's where our field is. We're actually staying in Gaithersburg, Maryland. So it's about like a 15 minute um, drive to the fields, but there's a lot to do, a lot of restaurants. So we're kind of exploring around. Nice. And this, I mean, Athletes Unlimited is a new league that's just started up. You've played a a couple of weeks now. And uh, the idea was obviously to get women playing pro field again, because the the former league just kind of fizzled out, but um, it's a very different league. And I'm curious how you're finding it with obviously a lot of the same women that you've been playing with in, you know, in the high level leagues before already, but very different rules. First of all, resetting the teams every week. What's it been like trying to adjust to everything? It's definitely been very strange, but also super exciting um, that you're able to play with so many different people. I would say the biggest difference that I personally have noticed, um, even though I'm playing with a lot of girls that I have played with on the U.S. team and in the last pro league, is I feel like this league, they're really letting us play, and it's super physical. So I remember my first scrimmage, the refs weren't calling anything, and so so many people were, like, waiting for the calls, and they were just like, no, like, that's not part of our game here. So that has been a big adjustment. Um, as far as switching up teams, I find it really fun. It's cool to see um, kind of feeding off of those, like, one or two girls that you had on the last week. And if you're on the same team, you still have, like, that connection. Um, but then it's really fun to get to know a bunch of new people. So many people are different than I thought from being rivals and playing against them in college to now being their teammates. It's been really fun, and I really have enjoyed getting to know everyone. Thanks. Uh, are you enjoying the physical side of the game? Like, are, are you and most of the, the girls around you enjoying that you get to do a little more uh, challenging each other? Uh, I would say it's a double-edged sword in the yeah. sense where we all have so many bruises and there's been a few where a few calls that haven't been called and we've all been very frustrated. But then it's also is kind of nice because it makes the game like really scrappy and you really have to grind and work together. Um, but as long as everyone's being safe, I think 
that's kind of like the priority too, is like making sure that we're able to be physical, but no one's getting injured. But I, it's been, it's been, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how the rest of the weeks play out as we get a little bit more tired, but yeah, we're all covered in bruises. (laughs) (laughs) The other big issue obviously is the scoring system, which I mean, it's just, it is just for the games themselves. It's just goals, obviously with two point goals allowed uh, around the arc. But the big thing is it's to carry over. And in terms of standings, the, the team standings, I mean, we all know that uh, Kayla's team is 6-0, and right? Uh, her teams are all 6-0. Yeah. But the, um, the scoring, it's not really teams because you change every week. It's an individual system with points for saves, points off for goals allowed by goalies, points for goals. Um, you get points based on your shooting percentage. You basically get points for scoring. You get points taken away for shooting and not scoring. Uh, for defenders, it's, you know, turnovers caused ground balls and it's a very different system how has that been getting used to because that seems like the most radical change yeah at first I definitely everyone was kind of like everyone is pretty not worried but all were like wait like everyone's gonna want to just like fend for themselves and just get um goals and no one's gonna pass as goals were worth so much more than passing and like that was kind of how everyone thought in the beginning, I think. I don't want to speak for everyone, but that was kind of initially how I ran into the scoring system. But then after going undefeated that first week and seeing how much the win points really count towards your overall individual score, it's crazy. So I think by everyone seeing how how the gold team went undefeated and like dominated and how high we were all on the leaderboard, I think out of the 15 top spots, we had like, all like 13 or 14 everyone was gold that first week so I think seeing that everyone's starting to play more as a team and we all realize that winning is way more important which is why I love playing lacrosse I love the team atmosphere and culture so that was kind of one something I was nervous about coming in but after seeing that first week and how important those team wins are it's been great and everyone's kind of rallied around that and you said it you know you wondered at first how it was going to go with that and then you kind of have to get used to it. And I'm, I'm curious with the scoring system, you talked about the win points, which are obviously are a big deal, 20 points for each player on the winning team in a quarter and then 45 for, for winning the game. Right. Yeah. So I'm curious the, the conundrum, the, the example that comes up to me is, and we actually saw this play out for you in, in week one, when you're up against team Dowdy, where you're up by a goal at the near the end of the game in the final minute, but you're down, you're up by a goal in the game down by a goal in the quarter. So, if you have the ball there, there's some logic just killing the clock if you can. Don't get risk giving up a tying goal. But if you score a goal, you you split the quarter. And I'm not actually sure if the, the points for the fourth quarter are split. I know the earlier quarters they carry over. So did you guys address that at all or did you just play? Uh, I'm trying to think back. It was kind of a little a little while ago but I feel like we definitely were trying to win the quarter Mm. Uh, I really I do like the quarters and we all kind of rally around like all right let's just get one more let's get one more let's chip away and that mentality I feel like normally in games when you're down by a few it's like it can be a little bit um, intimidating but then with the quarters how it's set up it's it's just like okay let's just win this quarter and it kind of switches your um, mindset which I really enjoyed and it makes a difference. I mean, one of the reasons I'm sure they did it is it would make a difference in games that aren't that close. Sometimes you'll have a game where a team's up by several goals, but that quarter is still important. Exactly. Yeah. Actually, the last game we just played against the gold team, we were down mm-hmm. by three, but we were up by one in that last quarter. And Kaylee 
made an unbelievable save right as the buzzer um, sounded and the game ended. And yeah, we lost by three, but I don't think anyone really noticed how big of a save that was because it was like the clock was running down. And so we all were kind of like, okay, the game's over. But if they had made that last shot, then we would have tied and we would have lost points. So that was definitely a play where Kaylee uh, sacrificed her body and really saved us some points. (laughs) So you have been, this is your second week in a row being a captain. And I'm curious how you prepare for the drafts because the way it works for anyone who's not familiar with it, uh, having watched it a bit is the, the, the four top players in the standings are the captains, right? Yep. Yeah. And then you have a facilitator and you go through and you, you have a draft with the four teams It snakes through the four teams where you pick your, your 16 players and you look like you're very prepared. The uh, Joe Benino was, uh, is it Benino? Benettino? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He, he was even making some jokes about, Oh, I better stop talking. I know, I know that Darton Dempsey is ready to pick because you're just raring to go for most of your picks, but you can see some thinking going on as you get deeper in and, you know, sorting out what you still need for positions and that. But what is your preparation like for those so that you know that you're going to pick a team that, that you're going to feel comfortable playing with? It's a lot of speculation because I had the last, this one that was last night, I had the third pick. So I was trying to guess who Kylie, Kylie and Britt were going to pick. And so I was going back and forth, but I kind of had my top few um, like ready to go. But what's really cool is once you draft someone on your team, they get dropped into what's called like a breakout room. And so you're able to talk with the girls you just drafted. So when I drafted Kenzie and Taylor right back to back, we then were able to kind of like talk and make a little list together and then hopefully have those players still be available for the upcoming rounds. So I also am a just, I'm a quick, we all were just like feeding off each other. So that's why it was so quick. And I had some time how my order went to think about um, who I was going to pick before I was up again. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was fun to see everyone getting dropped into that breakout room and you could see the conversations going on. It's funny because you'd see, you'd look at the camera, make your pick, and then immediately turn to your computer and be talking to the women in your room. And yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> so funny. And, you know, there's Taylor coming, sitting in her car for however long. I, I don't even know. It was 45 minutes, I guess, the draft took or so. Or, um, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and Ella looked like she was falling asleep. Um, which, which is <laughs> fair, so you know. Yeah, but it was it was very funny seeing the group and seeing the dynamic as everyone was dropping into that box. That's awesome. So funny. So, I was curious because obviously Sam Apuzo goes first for the second week in a row. So I'm guessing that you thought I need to get a fellow BC alum, so I better grab Kenzie Kent. Is that what you were thinking? Yes. I was really hoping to play with one of the two. And last week, I actually could have had Kenzie too, but I was so fixated on getting, well, obviously I love playing with Marie, but then I also really thought that the draw was so important. I was like, every one of my first picks has to be someone that can take the draw. But after last week, there were so many girls that were cycling through the actual draw um, circle that it, I learned from that. And I was like, okay, it's really important to have someone that you have a connection with and Obviously, I love playing with Kenzie. So that was a no-brainer for me once she was still available. And how much do you pivot once you get a bunch of those girls in the breakout room with you and you start talking to them about things? You said you have your list of, of people that you're thinking about, your ideas. 
how much do, do they chime in? You know, is, is Taylor coming saying, hey, let's grab this person. Or, hey, you know, we could really use a defender now. What's how? Because there's as you get further along, you're getting more and more people in there. There's more and more voices to listen to. And you still only have two minutes per pick. Definitely. It's it's yesterday was the first time that I almost ran out of uh, time on my clock just because a few people were saying things and then people would cut each other off. And so they both would go quiet and then we're like, wait, what are we going to choose? Who are we going to pick? But usually how it works is we're like, okay, we just picked an attacker. Let's go for a defender. And then we look at the list and we're like, who plays well with this person? Um, did anyone who's like playing really well right now, who has kind of the momentum and swinging their way. So we all just feed off each other, but it makes me feel a little bit better as a captain that I can rely on them. And it's not just me feeling all the pressure. I really enjoy being able to talk to people. And honestly, if it was totally up to me, I don't think I could do this. It's not my personality. It would be so hard. So I really rely on my teammates and they were so helpful. You talked about, you know, who's playing well with who, who works with whom. And I, obviously the big challenge when you're changing teams every week is from a player perspective is establishing chemistry, getting ready with some practices to go and play three games over the weekend. And that's got to play into the strategy when you're, when you're drafting and you've alluded to it a bit, how much do you stick with that and say, okay, I'll get, try and get these three people because they've, you know, they work well together and almost look in units. Yeah. Well, actually last week we were talking before the draft and Haley Warden was saying that she was picking, like she had a defensive pick. So I texted Sam and I was like, wait, Sam, I think you might still be open because I had the second pick, meaning that Sam and I could work together because obviously playing together at BC and being great friends, we have a good connection on the field. And during the scrimmage, we definitely are working we were on the same team. So we were looking for each other. And so I was like, all excited. I was like, wow, I'm really going to get Sam. But Haley meant defensive, like against me. So like right. she was playing defense against me being with Sam. So that definitely has um, been a part of the strategy from what I've heard, but yeah, no, finding those connections. Um, and now that we're going into week three, I think people are starting to realize who they work well um, together with because so many, like, yeah, a lot of people have played together, but there are a lot of new faces. So that chemistry is really important. So we've talked a lot about the draft and everything, just because it's so fascinating to see how it goes and seems so challenging putting the teams together. And it's also, I, I think I would encourage anyone to go on the Monday nights and watch the draft because I just think it's a lot of fun seeing how it plays out and, and really just watching everyone interacting in the, in the breakout rooms, but it is mostly about the, the games on the field, of course. And you know, they've been very competitive. We've seen some great scoring and we've also some great plays and also some, some, intricacies developing and, and things changing as you go. There was, uh, you know, somebody mentioned last night during the, during the draft as we're recording here on Tuesday um, that the first, the first two point goal was on a free set where um, I can't even remember who it was now. There's been so many plays. Marie. 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 Right? Yeah. And she just basically did a, just kind of planted her foot and, and fired and, and looked like the goalie just wasn't really ready for that because normally you know, you're trying to drive in, you're trying to get close. And she was just like, hmm, I'm just outside the arc. Let her rip. And uh, that seemed to change the whole way that y'all are playing. Definitely. I agree with that. And playing with Marie is really fun, too. She's really intense. But, yeah, no, I, we saw, I think, maybe four or five two-point goals this past weekend, which mm -hmm. was so impressive. Shayna Preka was on my team, and she was on fire. 
And how, like, do you plan for that? I mean, I guess that brings in coaching as well, because it is a very athlete driven league. You're mostly coaching yourselves with some facilitation, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. So they're, they're called facilitators because they don't, they want it to be an athlete um, driven league. So they're not coaches, but they are there to kind of give more perspective and help organize and give their um, ideas. But as far as the two point plays, so it, in the first week, I think a lot of us had um, a set drawn up play, but then we've all, sh- the style of play has shifted week after week. Whereas first it was, everyone was playing really like locked out and then it, people started to, or pushed out on defense. And then everyone started to work in a zone and with the no three seconds, it's crazy. You can really sag in. So that makes having a two point shot a little bit harder because you don't want to hit anyone but it also can create opportunities. So that worked really well for Shayna and also Courtney Fortunato, I think also had two. Right. So I want to move on to the, the sixes for me. Cause that was the kind of the first thing that inspired me to want to get in touch with you was seeing um, us lacrosse, having the, the men's and women's national team groups four sixes get together for uh, camps and then some scrimmages and the really fun one at the end where the men and women switched sticks and played against each other all together. Um, I'm just curious what that whole camp was like is again, so different to what you're used to playing um, and you, you know, coming off of what you've been playing your whole lives and going into this new format where you'd only been at, you know, you'd probably had a couple of chances to, to try it out before. What was it like just changing it up? It was awesome. I really enjoyed it. And being there with the men's team too was really special and cool. That last day when we ended up switching sticks in that last quarter, what we did was the boys would play a quarter and then the girls would go on and we would just pick up their score. So it was like we had a men's team in white, a woman's team in white versus the other team. And we were playing against like, like we were like when I was on, I think I was on the white team, we were playing against women's blue, but that if we scored, and the time ran out, then the boys would just pick up the score. So that was really cool because we were all cheering for each other and that um, atmosphere was awesome. But as far as the actual style of play, it honestly feels like pickup basketball. It's so fast paced. And it also kind of feels like hockey too, because when you're used to, as a midi, like you're used to going for like five minutes and then getting a quick sub and then right back on. But everyone needs a sub on and off because you're so exhausted. It's just back and forth, back and forth. And it's almost like you get one or two reps and then you're out. Um, so that's something that I've definitely picked up on, but it's been really fun. And But it does feel like a totally different game. You were in the one a couple of years ago with the, that was the kind of the tryout one where uh, I believe, weren't you, where it was, uh, what was the U.S. team against the like women's pro league all-stars, I think. Yeah, the President's Cup in Florida. I was a part of that. Yes. Um, that was really, yeah. So I did, I did play, um, play in that, but it is cool to see kind of how it's evolved. I know when we played them, um, we were really like, it was like running gun. You're just trying to like get as many points as possible. But after playing this last, a few weekends ago in um, Delaware, you realize that you actually do have a little bit more time than you think. I, um, whereas in the, in Florida, it was like, oh my gosh, this is a, such a shortened shot clock. Let's go, go, go. But after playing a little bit, I've learned um, that that is definitely something that you can take your time a little bit more and set up. Right. It was, I remember talking to Amanda Mastera, who was doing color commentary for that game in Florida. And 
she said she told me that she she said to the the play-by-play person uh you know you have no idea how fast this is going to happen and how how there's going to be no time for us to talk there's going to be it's going to be so challenging to call just to call the game they were getting tired from that because it really was it was just fast break fast break fast break and everyone i think assumed that there would be the evolution you talked about of using the 30 seconds or is it 30 or 40 i honestly can't remember i I can't either i can't remember I know, I think the goalie has 10 seconds to clear and then it's 30 seconds. Er, that yeah, honestly, I can't, I can't remember. Yeah, all a bit of a blur at this point, right? You've been doing so much to cross. But yeah, it's, it's, exactly. It's, I'm like, I have to switch my mind. <laughs> right? You have to, you've got, you've had to dial in on the, the uh, Athletes Unlimited rules now. But the, exactly, yeah. exactly. So the sixes, I mean, the, you know, there's a lot of talk. I mean, you, you hear as soon as it came out, there are people saying, that's not lacrosse. It's this and this and that. And to me, it's, I I like Connor Wilson's line. He's a good friend of mine and one of the great people in the game. He says, you know what? Lacrosse is good. Sixes is good. Men's is good. Women's is good. Field is good. Box is good. Three on three is good. Fast lacrosse, soft lacrosse. It's all good. You know, just, just be playing. And it seems like people are figuring out like with any game, when it's new, you all were partially consciously, I imagine, and partially unconsciously just being on the field just figuring out how to play the game so that it's not just a track meet. And so there is some sense of control. Definitely. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, definitely. It's different than standard lacrosse, but just like box, like you were saying, there's so many um, different, like when you go from even just going from college rules to the pro league um, in 2019, right after my season, like Mm -hmm. it, it, it still is lacrosse, but you just have to adapt and change. And I feel like that's what makes it so exciting at the same time. Have you ever played box lacrosse? I think one time. So when I was in high school, we would go to Florida for spring break and okay. there was a box there. And so we'd mess around there. Um, but I've never actually played with the helmets and gloves and everything. Right. Okay. I'd be, I think it'd be fun to, to see a lot of you play because you obviously have the skills to do it it's a very it is a different game um and there i know there was discussion with the the blue skies working group to develop the sixes game and obviously the idea was develop a game that will be welcomed into the olympics because the olympic the ioc just does not want huge teams so they didn't want sports that have 10 or 11 players on the field at a time and 20 or 30 players on the roster they want smaller groups because the, the movement's getting so big and there was talk about having box as the as the discipline to go into the olympics and one of the things was that there aren't enough countries that have women's box lacrosse um, as an established sport but uh, i personally i mean you know i grew up in peterborough ontario it was it's all box and i was one of the people saying hey let's just have box but seeing the sixes it does seem to I don't know, I guess it's capturing the, a bit of a hybrid of the two, right? Yeah, I would say so, definitely. Um, when we were at the sixes, we had the same coaches between the men's and the women's. And so they definitely were relating, because we had um, all the men's coaches, they were definitely relating some of their styles and coaching techniques to box across, which was cool. That's pretty neat. You know, I, uh, I actually play, and I've talked about this on the show before, but uh, I play in a league here in, uh, in my hometown of, of Peterborough called the Borough Boys. And Erica Evans plays in the league. And she plays with her women's field stick. And 
I, I mean, I'd always assumed that you wouldn't be able to do the things you need in close quarters with a women's field stick because I've played catch with a women's yeah. stick and it's so much harder to, to do. I mean, throwing and catching isn't so bad, but it's just handling the ball. But she does incredible stuff. She is, she's amazing. Awesome. Yeah, it made me think some of you might be able to play without even switching sticks. But when you did switch sticks, what was that like? Because you played with a men's stick for a while in the, in the sixes camp, right? Yeah, I was, I, I actually kind of stayed out of it a little bit. Like we had, there were so many subs. So I think I got one run in, but it was, I, it was really weird. It was definitely a lot heavier, but I definitely threw down too. Yeah. Um, just because the men's stick is so different, but it was hilarious watching the boys with the girls sticks. They all were like, they were acting like they had never like caught a ball before. They all were like, their hands were so tight on their sticks and they're like, like, using their entire body to give with it. It was so funny. They're all very complimentary. Like, wow, I cannot believe you guys play with this. Well, it's true. And I mean, like I said, when I first, I remember the first time playing catch with a women's stick, the ball's thrown to me, I catch it, no problem. It just, it, it goes into the stick as long as you're in a decent position. But then I would just cradle and it would pop out. It would just literally just fly out of the stick on the ground. I was like, how do you hold yeah, on to this? Exactly. Yeah, no, so some exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Some of the like reverse shots, the, you know, you know, the, some of the twisters that you do with those sticks, I'm, I'm blown away at the skill that it takes for <laughs> you to, to play with those sticks. Oh, thanks. So, so you, I, I can't believe you didn't go out and take a chance to, to play a little more with the men's stick or just to get a feel just for the hold, but not that you really need it, but the, the one big play obviously at the end of that scrimmage where the men and women were playing at the same time. And I've forgotten who it was now because it was a few weeks ago. The one woman who made the diving catch hit the ground. Yes, held on to the ball. Yeah. Um, unbelievable play. And that's a tough one, a tough ball to hold on to. diving in front of someone fully extended with one hand, catching the ball and holding it while you land and roll on the ground if you've been playing with a men's stick your whole life, that's a hard play. She's been playing with a men's stick for what, 15 minutes? Yeah, it was so athletic. It was, we all were like, oh my gosh, it was incredible seeing it in live time. But she was at the US training camp, I think in early June, and she had another play just like that. And so I remember Josephina being like, did you used to play soccer goalie? And she was like, yes. And it was that sacrificing the body type of mentality that she showed again at the sixes, but that was such a good play. Wow. So what is next for you? I mean, obviously a lot of uh, 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 several weeks to go in the athletes unlimited, but there's a lot happening in the, in the lacrosse world for you. What's, what's coming up over the next little while and for the next couple of years? I, so the past few months, um, I've been home in New Hampshire, but bouncing around doing lessons and training camps. But prior to that, I was out in San Francisco for three months doing lacrosse clinics and lessons and really enjoying that. And so I fell in love with that type of work, which didn't feel like work. I was doing what I loved and working with girls and being outside. And so I'm going to try to continue that um, in Boston. I'm actually moving in to South Boston with Sam Apuzo in September. So I'll be living there doing lessons and clinic and training. And then I have a few other ideas um, and opportunities that I'm trying to settle down and figure out which one I'm going to take, but that's kind of to be continued. <laughs> right. And then obviously 
uh, you're a strong contender for, I haven't seen any details since those camps, but strong contender for the U.S. team for Women's Worlds and, of course, there's World Games, right? Hopefully, that's that's the goal, but there's a lot of time before those decisions, so yeah. hopefully the next, I still don't know, we don't know who's going to make the next training camp. They said right. after the last one, they're going to wait till after Athletes Unlimited season, so that's the, the goal is finish out Athletes Unlimited really strong, um, and then hopefully make that next training camp and then um, see what happens from there, but ultimately that's my goal. Well, good luck with it. I hope that works out well for you. And I'm glad to hear you got back to New Hampshire. I actually, I'm, like I said, I'm from Ontario, but I went to school in New Hampshire, did a, a master's degree at the University of New Hampshire in Durham. No and way. Yeah, I loved New Hampshire. Um, just love being beautiful. there. So beautiful. The fall is unbelievable. Um, yes, best yeah. foliage ever. Yeah, and I got to do some very cool stuff. I, I actually, because I was doing a, a writing degree, so for one course uh, that was a magazine feature article writing course, I convinced uh, Dick Umili, who was the co head coach of the hockey team at the time to let me come and practice uh -huh. with the UNH hockey team with the Wildcats. And I got to do practices. I got to travel to games with them. We went, you know, we went to the NCAA tournament um, and uh, you know, we, we won a game there. I say we like, I was actually part of the team, but, yeah, <laughs> but, it, yeah, but it was so much fun. And I also, I did a, um, I was taking a folklore course and I got to go in and ride a, a tugboat when they were bringing a Laker tanker in through into the estuary. Oh yeah. So it's just such wow. cool things down in New Hampshire. It was, it was so much fun. And uh, I, I've got to get back there because honestly, it's been a while since I was there. I haven't even seen the new arena, the new hockey rink at. Uh, no way. Yeah. The Whitmore. Wow. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Yeah. That's so cool though. Yeah, we actually played um, in the old arena, Snively Arena, and I remember being there. It was either for uh, one of the practices with the team or it was in the intramural league going out for a hockey game and just on the ice skating around. And all of a sudden, something, it sounded like the roof was going to collapse. It was just rumbling and it was terrifying. I thought there was an earthquake and somebody was like, oh, yeah, every once in a while the plane goes over. And it was just the corrugated tin roof or whatever and the whole thing would shake when the plane flew by it was it was that's wild. hilarious oh my yeah. goodness. that's wow. funny wow so so how long were you back in new hampshire you said you you spent a fair bit of time the last few months there yeah but honestly i was traveling around I went to new york went to yeah. florida yeah. boston a lot but for i was usually there um in new hampton new hampshire with my parents um which was really good after being away for so long yeah, always great to get back with the family, right? And back to the roots. Sure. And you've got to get there in the fall, obviously, is the time to be. Yes, there. I know those hikes. Yeah. Hikes and foliage are amazing. Yeah. Well, it's been such a pleasure having you on. And, and I, I'd actually kind of forgotten about the New Hampshire thing as we're scheduling and rescheduling. And I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned it because uh, to me, it was just such a such a gorgeous place. And it's neat to see somebody because there's not, it's a small state, there's not a lot of elite athletes coming from new hampshire right there are some yeah. for sure but it's uh yeah it's definitely not that, some. yeah um but yeah I, I had a lot of fun chatting with you and uh it's been fun watching you all play in uh in the athletes unlimited league certainly wishing you the best going forward and i can't even say you know specific team it's it's week by week which i am i have to admit i'm still <laughs> kind of wrapping my head around how you how you cheer for a league where the the team's 
are changing every week. I guess that's the other thing. Like, do you find do you find the fans who watch the games are are having a tough time knowing who to cheer for? Well, I think everyone has their college roots, um, but I from the broadcasting and the outside, like what I've heard is everyone is so like they love the they love what Athletes Unlimited has done and they're really enjoying it. So I think they just root for their favorite players from college and then um, kind of see um, what happens every week. All right. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's been really a pleasure. Uh, I was looking forward to it and it's been even more fun than I was anticipating. So Dempsey Arsenal, uh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This has been great. All right. Thanks so much, Lacrosse Friends, for being with me here this week on Laxbeat. I am Stephen Stamp, your host. A lot of fun talking to Dempsey Arsenault. And you can catch Athletes Unlimited Lacrosse. Go to their Facebook page or to the Athletes Unlimited homepage. And you can get all the information. There's lots more lacrosse to watch as well. The Major Series Lacrosse Classic is happening and it looks like all the games are being streamed. They're free and live on JVI Sports Network on their YouTube channels. So just go to the MSL page or go to JVI Sports Network and check out their YouTube. While you're there, you can check out all the back games in MSL Classic and of course 44 games of Ontario Junior Lacrosse League that were played at the track as well, the Toronto Rock Athletic Center. They are all available to view in their season. That was 44 games over two weekends. Just a, uh, a wild ride for those, <laughs> those 11 teams in the OJLL. Four of them continue on. They'll be playing this weekend in the championships. They've just announced that the semis will be 3 p.m. That's the crossover first versus second from the east and the west from that 44-game season. They'll play 3 p.m. Saturday, August 7th. Yes, the 7th. And then Sunday in the evening, it will be the championship game. I believe that's at 7 o'clock. It might be at 8. Double check that one. But it's all there on the JVI Sports Network YouTube page and on the OJLL website. And, of course, Major Series Lacrosse. We've got stuff happening out in BC with the Island Series happening where Nanaimo and Victoria are going to play a few games to wrap up the, the BC junior season there, the junior A season. And... The mainland will have a championship among six teams. They're playing uh, playing a playoff round. So uh, lots of interesting stuff happening. Um, you know, Ryan Sheridan and Patrick Dodds on the island ripping it up for their teams, uh, Nanaimo and Victoria respectively, and lots of parity in the mainland teams. It's not just a couple of teams running away with it. So interesting stuff happening around the world of lacrosse. We'll have lots more National Lacrosse League news coming on Laxbeat here on lacrosselink.com. And we'll be covering the wide world of lacrosse. Dempsey Arsenault of the U.S. National Women's Field Team and playing with the Sixes, playing in Athletes Unlimited, a great example of that. Uh, last week, check out Adrian Balash from Austria, who is now in Australia. Great conversation with him on Laxbeat last week, and there will be more terrific guests coming week after week here on Laxbeat. Check it all out on lacrosselink.com, and don't forget to check out the video news show every week on lacrosselink.com with myself and Tanner Fetch, the co-host. I'm Stephen Stamp for Laxbeat. Thanks so much, Lacrosse Friends, for being here. Can't wait to see you again next week. Hey.